<laughs> Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. I'm Sam. And I'm Maggie. And Hello. You know, we do the thing. We we hate the television show Glee because, man. We, we do. I mean, that's kind of the shtick, isn't it? That's the whole point of the podcast. Um, yeah. Is to hate it. You know, I got a taste of our own medicine today because... I got our first piece of unsolicited hate today. Well, uh, well, Maggie, I just I wanted to let you know I've gotten some of that on Twitter. I just don't oh, share it with you. So like, <laughs> you just don't share our, the mean DMs. Like, I what mean, do you mean? They're not they're not mean. It's just people point out some stuff about us, and it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Mean. We are not above criticism, of course. No, um, we are probably. I mean, very deservedly. Um, we we say things that deserve criticism, of course. Oh yeah, um, no, I I have I cannot go back and listen to the beginning of this podcast. Oh I no, don't I don't want to know? I don't know. It's I, been yeah. it's been years. Yeah, I was a different person. <laughs> um, it was 2017. I was a different person. Just um, just like Glee, in a sense, because you'll remember Maggie. Glee was a different person too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's it feels more self-aware yeah. than ever. Yep. Um I mean, it, there has always been sort of a touch of self-awareness sure. in some of the ridiculous things that Glee does. Um but they still have like the audacity to do them yes. even though they recognize that some of these choices are bad. Um, and I think that's really why, that's w- really where the hate comes from, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I guess part of it is just that, like, they they kind of approach everything the same way, which is to just do mm-hmm. it and see what happens. Yeah, um, totally. Which, in some cases, really works. Like, we've raved about some of the episodes here, but in some cases, it just kind of doesn't. Um, yeah, it just kind of does, doesn't. And honestly, I don't think that there is, like, a lot of malintent oh, from no. the, yeah. the creators of the show. I mean, of course not. Um but there's there's so little artistic integrity <laughs> to all of it. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> that that like they do they do things that deserve criticism as well. Okay. Yes. Okay. I well, can't I can't keep focusing. <laughs> no, Maggie, because that's the thing. It's relevant though, because this week we're talking about season five, episode fifteen, which is named Bash. Yeah. Um so just so we're all up and up here. Um, yeah, this there are going to be there's some graphic violence suggested. Yeah. Um, it isn't really depicted viscerally or anything, and we won't be describing anything like that. No. Um, but you know, um, there's some there's some mentioning of gay bashing, and it's used as a plot point. Yes. Okay. Um, there's also a plot point about race in this episode. Because yes. <laughs> they just wanted to put that hot iron directly on their face. I just. Um, I just. What? Yeah. Is the real question? Like. Yeah. No, that's how I'm left at the end of the episode too. Um, you know, at the conclusion of of everything, I was just like, what? <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. it just sort of ends. Yes. Um, and I think there is, it does have a good ending in that it feels um, final, but then you like think back to all the plot lines and it's like, did anything actually, does that, no, I mean, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yeah. It's uh, pretty typical, though. So, well, of course. Let's get into it. But first, of course, we have to do the, the stuff we do at the top here. Um, so, this episode originally aired on April 8th. 2014 with 2.59 million viewers which is down from last week's 2.68 million so i guess around 0.1 million people decided new york wasn't for them um oh wow (laughs) (laughs) i mean new york's for me not like me living there um but the show location because the the cost is ridiculous but um yeah the the plot line there is more for me than anything else that Glee has done in quite some time. Yeah. Uh yeah, we uh, we have it written by Ian Brennan, directed by Bradley Buker. Some of the classics. Yeah. Peeps, uh, both white men, of course. And um, it was re- the, in the recap, we hear about Funny Girl, how Rachel's been doing Funny Girl forever. Of yeah. Um, about who. All the crew in New York who mm-hmm. is there. And we also get a little, um, I guess, small recap of Sam Sadie's. Yes. How they were together at one point and then they broke up. And then Mercedes sang a Whitney Houston song to Sam. Yes. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's about it. So we... And I, I'm pretty oh. sure back then they broke up because they were just too different. Um, yes race wise <laughs> um i'm pretty sure that's how the show framed it uh so yeah i i, right? re- I mean that's what yeah. it was right i don't remember exactly i feel like part of it was something like i mean i guess she was with that other guy yes she at, was with shane when he yeah when sam tried to get her back yes and uh i i guess i don't know it was just I feel like we explicitly had some mentioning of being like, it's because I'm white, which... It's because I'm white, right? <laughs> like, he said that. Yes. So, um, strap in, everybody, because that's coming right back around. So, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're just going to do the same one one more again. Just one more time. <laughs> one more time around the track for yes. all of us. Yes. So, okay. we start the episode in... Um, it's interesting. So they decided to yeah. kind of frame this episode with a few Sondheim numbers because yeah. we'll find out later that there's like an assignment at Niata and they have to sing Sondheim. But um, they start out here right out the gates. Rachel, Blaine, and Kurt are singing No One Is Alone from Into the Woods um, mm. as they walk down a street holding these like candles and it like yeah it, when you it's, see it's it, like a yeah. candlelit vigil yes it's very no like if you've ever seen like a memorial type of thing then like you know exactly what it looks like when you see it but um and uh, so it's clean yeah. uh that's Kurt and Blaine Rachel and Sam are all walking down this street uh it doesn't seem like this song is diegetic um but it I, I guess it could be the extras in the scene are singing the background yes um, um yeah and, uh the vigil they go to like this memorial i have a question mark after that memorial in my notes yes um uh that has an unnamed white man uh, like a picture of him just like yes. sitting in the middle of all these like flowers and toys and pride flags yes uh, 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so we do get some clarity later, and I can just kind of drop it here to kind of, like, round this out. So this is to support this white guy named Russ, who got bashed it, recently. I didn't know he had a name. He does. Because um, in my notes, I just call him neighbor's friend. Yeah. But, I mean, it's on the signs, I think. Um, mm. And so, yeah, so he got, he got gay bashed, which is where the name of this episode comes from. Um, but that means that he got violently beaten up by some dudes who had a truck or something. So they have yeah. this like memorial for him. And I understand like the idea here. Um, mm. And I understand mostly because it's kind of setting us up for knowing that this could happen, I guess. Um, yeah. The big thing for me is I don't, I mean, as, as shitty as this sounds, I don't know why you would have like a full out like memorial light post for someone who is not dead. I think like I think he's comatose. I think I think you're right because there's a line later like oh he's he woke up. Yeah, which but that's (laughs) not really addressed. Which I don't think no it needs to be addressed at all. And they don't give him a name. Um and they did. It's Russ, but yes. But they don't really. They <laughs> no, don't yes. Say it. Right. No, it's um, true. It's and yeah. he's he's like just a guy. Yeah. Um. You know, when I was Google searching to get to the Wikipedia page for this episode, when I typed in Glee Bash, the first thing that popped up suggested was who died. Glee Bash, who died? Wow. So, <laughs> so but, you know. They have a, they're portraying a certain image Yeah. that, and like co-opting some imagery to be like, yeah. oh, don't you feel something? <laughs> Which like, I, I think it's kind of shitty mostly cause like part of it that's in this episode, like, so, uh, so this guy is comatose, um, mm-hmm. later in this episode, spoilers, but Kurt will also get attacked. Um, yep. And he ends up with some like minor head wounds, which sounds really bad when you say it like that. But like, but it's just like, um, like surface level trauma. Yeah, which I just, I mean, I think I, to be fair, the problem is the alternative is so heinous that Glee would oh, talk no, about someone course. who died. But like, no, of course. And like, listen, I don't think it's essentially negative to use gay bashing as a plot point in a story, but. This feel especially because like the uh, where it's coming from and the creators of the show and the people who make it like I think they they do have some like leeway in getting to use this as sure. um, like a plot point, but it's so it's so incorrectly done. It's just <laughs> not good. Like yeah. just having some unnamed character <laughs> a pit, like a photo of them we don't even see them when they wake up or whatever yeah and just being like yeah don't we all feel something hmm? yeah <laughs> and like having all the characters look at each other and be like yeah we feel something we feel emotion and it's just like yeah okay um do you want to like shout some statistics at me now or later <laughs> Okay, yeah. Well, so, I mean, so this is the first scene. This is what intros us into this episode, which really yeah. sets a tone. Um, we, we get a, a long close-up of Kurt's face yeah. right before the title card to indicate that Kurt has feelings and that he's going to, that something bad is going to happen to him. Like, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I feel when I see it. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, so something bad's going to happen to Kurt this episode. Great. Yeah, before we move on, I do want to, like, and this is kind of relevant, but, like, 
throughout this entire episode, there's a lot of like um, directorial choices oh, <laughs> in terms yeah. of the shots. Are you talking about the sort of like the shots are are framed in such a specific way in yeah. certain points to like very much increase the tension and like uncomfortability of the audience. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of like yeah. half face shots specifically half in the faces in, in, in certain points specifically, but I just wanted to point out that like, I mean, it does a good job of conveying the yeah. emotion. So uh, totally, yeah. totally. Uh, we go to the theater for funny girl next where Sydney is on the stage giving a pep talk to the cast about how they're about to open. And it's like, I need this to be a hit. So make it a hit. Yes. Pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, and we get a close up of Rachel as I don't know. She seems sort of anticipatory or a little bit nervous. Yes. Mm, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she goes up to Sydney to try to get some time off for her midwinter critique that is happening. Yep. Uh, and Sydney is like, Oh, I didn't, I just give you time off for school. Uh, you're overextending <laughs> yourself. Yes. Don't you work at a diner too? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And, um, Rachel's just like, come on, I just need this one thing, and then I can be Fanny Bryce 24-7. And Sydney acquiesces and gives her the time off. Yes. Um, yep. So then we move on to Sam sloppily eating cereal while he watches oh, yeah. The Facts of Life late at night. Um, Literally the sloppiest cereal eater ever. It's so um, gross. And also, I don't know what the facts of life is. I've only heard it like referenced <laughs> in other TV. Yep. Um. So, but so whatever Sam describes but what, it. Yeah. So whatever it is, Sam also does not know oh, what it is. Like. Yeah, and I mean the show that Sam describes. I'll watch that. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean that's sort of in my wheelhouse, honestly. Um, Mercedes summarizes. Sam's explanation of this show as a lesbian show about weed. Yes. Um, yes. He, yeah. He, Sam's full description, I think, includes something about how, like, it's a school for lesbians that gets burned down. So then the person who opened the school opens a pot dispensary and they all work there, which. Yeah. Definitely I, that, not I mean, that, that show. That can't be it. No. Um, to be fair, <laughs> I haven't watched it either. I also <laughs> want to point out that this like full sequence here might be the best sequence of the full of this entire episode because I, I agree. Because like uh, this this interchange, first of all, it's also just like late at night and Sam has this like blaring and Mercedes is just like, "Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Can you turn this fucking down, please? Cuz I'm trying to sleep." Yes. Uh and Mercedes ends up joining yes. Sam sort of begrudgingly like just move and give me some cereal. <laughs> ah, I'm going to watch the lesbian show about weed. Yes. And um, Sam tells her about how he's always had trouble sleeping. And when he first moved to New York, uh, Blaine used to read him Star Wars fan fiction to fall asleep. Yes. Uh, we get a TIE fighter transition. Yes. <laughs> where like an outline of a TIE fighter swoops across the screen. I mean, it's like, I, I like the transition. Yes. It would be more of a direct Star Wars reference to do, like, the fucking wipe. <laughs> I guess that's true, but, like, it's so good. And, like, it's something... I mean, this, is, this transition is better than is in any Star Wars movie. <laughs> yes. Um, and the best part is we... We cut into the scene and we're like zoo zooming in, like they like kind of a Star Wars shot, to be quite honest. But we're mm -hmm. into Blaine doing his C three PO impersonation <laughs> of C three PO talking about Anakin's diapers, which is just like it's full of midi chlorians, R two. 
so good and like the honestly the capping piece of this scene so blaine mm-hmm. like finishes the sentence and then sam is like this is terrible and then <laughs> blaine says actually george lucas wrote this one which is like oh my god the best joke <laughs> so good i um love the idea of Blaine being like a Star Wars super fan. Yes. I think it's just like, it really rounds out his character in a satisfying way. Uh, So Sam, back in Mercedes' apartment, Sam is like, hey, so why did you break up with me (laughs) again? And Mercedes is like, so I did explain this um, before. (laughs) Um, And she's like, it just didn't work. We're not the same kind of people. She lists off his like, dates that yeah. he's had um which seems feels a little slut shamey but she's just like we're just well, very different people sam i I, th- I think the intent is not necessarily sh- slut shaming but more to point out that sam seems to favor a specific type of person specifically like white and skinny um mm. which um, well, i mean it doesn't help that I mean, Sam is one of the most well-traveled characters on the show, dating-wise. Yeah. Um, and the show primarily features skinny white girls. So <laughs> Yes. No, I mean, I'm just saying that, so like... So if he's going to date someone. I'm just saying that, like, there's, I feel like there's more to Mercedes pointing this out than her just being like, you've slept with a lot of people. Um, no, no I, I, gr- I agree. Um, because... But it, I mean, it's not, like overt yeah which there's also so sam keeps talking about their quote obvious chemistry which Hmm. okay Hmm. like literally at the end of this episode another character is like i don't know what you're talking about like like (laughs) he's like i guess like i mean mercedes laughs at his jokes um yeah i guess there is that i mean i i'm not opposed to this it's just it's funny to me because like like i just it's it yeah. feels like they're talking to the lesbian blogger community. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like. <laughs> yes. Like, like being like, oh, these characters don't have chemistry. Let's mention it in the show because Tumblr loves to talk about that. <laughs> about how Sam Sadie's was such a mess because they don't have chemistry. Oh, we'll show them. We'll get them together in New York. Like, Which, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So then they're like, we can't do this. And then they make out. Um yeah, because um, of course Mercedes just sort of tackles him, and it's like, okay, well, yeah. Um, so then we move to the new Monday night tradition: potluck dinners. Yeah, the Monday night dinner is really sweet, actually. I I, yeah. I love it as a character device to get these, um, like a, a plot device to get all these characters together. Yes, it I really agree. makes sense to me. Yes, uh, because aren't they supposed to all be poor? <laughs> Yes. Um, And alone in New York. Yeah. So then uh, as people arrive, this is where we get the explanation about Russ and who he is and how he got... They call him neighbor's friend. They don't say his name. Yes. Um, Just want to point that out. Yeah. And then... So this leads to them all having a chat about hate crimes. Um, Artie is like, you know, hate crimes are decreasing everywhere in the US except New York. So what's up with that? I mean, it's just like, thanks for the stats. And thank you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the sad thing about it is that, like, nowadays, that's not true. Like, no, um, hate crimes are definitely up. on the rise. They yeah. are on the rise. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. um, Blaine has a little thing where he talks about how the straights don't like it when the gays move into straight neighborhoods, which, like, I'm not saying that that's not a factor here. I just think it's kind of funny because 
like like gay people are kind of notorious for um the like, do you mean like cleanliness no and, um, like no i'm keeping like what do you mean no i mean um they're kind of one of the factors in um what's it what's it called when white people move into neighborhoods oh gentrification yes like gay yes. people are the ones um, who like white, lead white the liberals. charge so white queer liberals moving into um uh, poor like neighborhoods and causing gentrification is definitely a thing right yes. which i mean obviously has nothing to do with this i just think it's kind of funny that like it gets <laughs> brought up and i'm just like well blaine let's maybe turn that magnifying glass inward a little um so then <laughs> <laughs> yeah well if if someone's gonna cause gentrification it will be an evil demon yes uh, <laughs> yes so then we, we rachel get, oh, announces yeah. that there's a midwinter critique happening at niata and that they need everyone's support for it <laughs> um and that it's gonna be sondheim yes themed yep uh and then sam sadie's seem to be playing footsie on one side of the table we do get a shot underneath the table to see said footsie happening <laughs> yes and it's like brought up at dinner well, like someone is like are you playing footsie okay the person who brings it up is Artie, which hmm, hmm um <laughs> i guess they might have kicked his chair like i'm just confused like <laughs> I don't I don't get it. But sure, it's brought up and then Mercedes is like, oh, I just have restless, restless foot syndrome. And then Blaine, like, very obviously is, like, looking under the table. It's, eh, whatever. It's to lead us into this next scene, Maggie, where Sam Sadie's discussing their relationship next to the East River. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just, like, outside on a date. And uh, that's with a question mark, by yes. the way, if you couldn't hear it. And yeah, they're just by the water. Uh, Sam pulls all the change out of his pockets to make a wish into the river. Um, and Mercedes is like, you're going to throw money in there? Okay. <laughs> well, um, and yeah. he throws all of his change into the river to win Mercedes' heart through a wish. Yes. And um, Mercedes is like, huh, you think that's going to work? And then like some random person is like, hey, you can't just throw shit in the river. <laughs> Well, um, my my favorite thing about this first part here is that literally, so there's a part where he like pulls the change out of his pockets and he's like, oh, that's a screw. And he throws it. But literally there's someone walking on, on someone. Exactly. There's someone walking by right as he does it. And when he goes to throw all of his change into the river, there are people walking by right as he does it. And it's just like, was your direction for the extras in this scene to just be in the way? Get in the like, way? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's Sam. That's that New York vibe. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I just, I felt worried for them, especially the person he threw the screw at. Like <laughs> <laughs> this scene gets even more bizarre. Oh my god! Um, like just sort of like nonsensical in its dialogue. Yes. Um. After after Sam gets berated by some random stranger, and uh. He just starts in on Mercedes' fur coat that she's wearing. Yes. She, he's like, oh, won't people tell you that you're you're showing a bad image of you're wearing carcasses or something? Yeah. He, um, he like, gets very into it, which it's like, we've never he's, seen he's this like, before. A, bu- a bunch of dumb animals had to die to make that coat, and it only takes one to wear it. <laughs> it's just like, damn, I thought you were trying to win her heart, dude. And Mercedes is like, oh, well, it's faux fur. And Sam's like, oh well, the imagery is still there. You're still supporting the fur the industry. Fur trade. Yeah, like, <laughs> and so then Mercedes is like, well, you know what? She and then she takes it off and throws it over the side into <laughs> the, the river. river. Which, like, <laughs> what? 
Um, and Sam is like, yeah, that's what I wanted you to do. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, and why did he start talking about her coat? Is it about, okay, okay. So did, was this conversation written in regards to like the how the plot is going to develop later? Because like I Mercedes has anxiety yeah. later about her the, image, like, yeah. the optics of dating Sam. Yes. And... Is that what this is about? Because that's, I mean, that stuff hasn't happened yet. <laughs> See, my thought was that, oh, we're back to that familiar, that familiar old rut we were stuck in where everyone tells Mercedes what she should do and how she should look and what she should wear. Because like, exactly, because that's just what they do literally every time she's a main character in the plot. Like, <laughs> Mercedes do this. Yeah, like. I just, it's also so bizarre because we've never had any indication that Sam is an animal rights activist until this moment (laughs) when he's like pulling up these little quips about dead animals. Like, damn, dude. Good job, I guess. Like, uh, just seems like hardcore on a date when you're trying to seduce someone. Right? How does it feel to be a blood mouth? But it's so. Throw your coat in the river. It's so bizarre because it works. Because then she's like, then she's, he's like, oh, it's cold. Here, take my jacket. And she's like, thanks. And then he's like, let's go get. And then he's like, oh, great. Well, we can hang out some more, go get a hot dog, do all these things. And she's like, you know what? No, maybe you should go. Yeah, you should go, go away. home. I'll see you later. Set <laughs> up sending you away. Um, because <laughs> she has decided that she is going to sing, in parentheses, you make me feel like a natural woman. Um, on a carousel? <laughs> um, That's there. But, um, there's also a sudden day to night transition. Yes, and then at the uh, end it transitions it back, back to, to day. day. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> it's like, also, when she goes on this, she so she ends up on the carousel, and there's like a ton of ladies there, and like ladies playing instruments and dancing. Like, yeah, it's it's like a squad. I I do like it because she's an amazing singer, and also I like all these ladies. Yeah. Like, yes, everything to that, but still bizarre. Still does not make sense. And like, yeah, why is she I, doing I mean, this? Like, she sounds amazing, but like, does Sam make her feel like a natural woman? I guess. I guess. Based on like the the scene that preceded this one, yeah, existing, not really what happened inside of it, but like <laughs> the, the fact the, that it happened, the concept you know? of it. She went on a date with him, so <laughs> obviously, <laughs> exactly. Oh god. Um. Yeah. You know, this song itself. I have a few. I just have some problems with the lyrics in the song itself. Sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like natural woman and you so, like a man making someone feel like a natural woman just is all very gender binary kind of <laughs> well, Maggie, anti-trans bullshit. Maggie, maybe what it was is that he made her throw her faux fur away. So now she feels natural because she's doesn't... au natural. <laughs> yeah. She, she should have been nude for the scene. <laughs> she shaved by taking her faux fur off and now she's natural. Um, No, Sam, au natural means you don't shave. <laughs> oh, it means you are furred. You're right. Damn it. Um, A furred. So... Is, that, is that the... um the the mean Like the word to say when you have hair? A furred? You are I mean, an afferred person. It's pretty close to furry, but um, you know, I think I like this this romance better if they were furries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their their personas don't have to be black and white. Yeah, you, you mean if Whatever. they you mean if they had a shared interest of any kind? Um, 
<laughs> so, a shared interest other than making out. Yeah, or, you know, I guess music is technically it, but, like... I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess? So, but like, to kind of okay. highlight this, we move into the next scene where Mercedes is having, I don't know, a... A, a drink or something with her backup singers. They're at some little cafe. Um, yeah, she's having dinner. The backup singers, their names are um, Shanice Tesla. and Tesla. Yeah, Tesla, because it's like Nikola Tesla yes. rather than Tesla, the like car. The car. Yes, it gets yep, brought up like the car. Um, Sam really embarrasses himself at this dinner, yes. like in a hardcore kind of way. Um, yeah, he. So, no, I mean, so he goes up there and he 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 starts in on um, Tesla's name, being like, "Oh, is it like a thing for for singers to be named after cars?" And she's like, "No." Um, and then he's he really gets into talking about himself um, loudly without interruption. Yep. Uh, he fogs up the wi- he goes inside to get an extra chair. Um, and he he continues to scream out to them <laughs> sitting on the patio. Um, there's a part where he gets really close up to the window and like fogs up the window. Yes. As he's just like, oh, you know, sometimes modeling can be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you can you can see Mercy like I guess Amber Riley like cracking up, <laughs> <laughs> barely able to control her laughter like as this is happening. Yes. Um, her ba- the Mercedes background singers are like astonished. <laughs> yes. Just, they're like, "How is this happening?" Yes. When Sam sits down, he really, he really gets in it in a bad way. He um, yeah. He touches Tesla's hair oh and my is God. like, "Oh, is this real?" Oh my God. Um. Yeah. It's like and Shanice is like, "Oh no, it's real. <laughs> we all have real hair." Yes. Um. <laughs> Which he also, like, not to, like, go into it too much, just because in general, a lot of... And this happened the same time, or the same thing happened, I guess, earlier this season, where Sam had the, like, college interview. The, the college interview with a black uh, woman. Yes. Um, where, and, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I mean, he just takes up so much space. Yes. Um, yeah, he, so when he arrives, he does an impression, he does some impressions of black people, um, Mm -hmm. which generally just like all of this together just comes off as like generally racist. Like he, it's obviously not tone deaf racism, like tone deaf, like not really all that maliciously intended racism. Wait, that's what I wrote too. It's like, there's no malicious intent here. It's just that like. He's saying, like, like most, honestly, like most clueless white people, he's just talking too much and saying things that maybe you should just think for <laughs> half a second. Like, <laughs> he's ugh. just saying things because yeah. he's nervous around the most black people he's probably ever eaten dinner with. Yeah. I also wrote down um, that he's pretty boring, which doesn't help. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. He's he's boring as hell. There's a part um, at the very end of the scene um where the the dinner um is implied yes follow it follows after but he sort of does like this fist on the chest yeah i don't i don't know is that a reference to wolf on wall street i think so i think it is like the bit where matthew mcconaughey like hits his chest yes at lunch yes is that this i think that's what this is i don't know why i don't he he seems to be doing it to try to like connect with mercedes (laughs) but she's just kind of like not having it um I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Mercedes does, is like, oh, no. No. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Which, Jesus. Okay. This is just like the, how do you, how do you pull a ripcord on a dinner you, you're not even going to on a dinner that doesn't even exist? Right? Like, huh. watching the scene is very hard, but I do really appreciate um, Shanice and Tesla because, like, especially Shanice, I think, because, like, she's just kind of enjoying it at the same time like she's astonished mm-hmm. but she's also kind of like having a great time so like at least someone is right like yeah and, and we'll get some uh some closure yeah. on this dinner in a little bit but first off it is the midwinter critique for ms rachel barry she is sitting on top of the piano in the i guess the round room at niata so, it looks a little bit different than it ever has yeah it's definitely a different like like, it's definitely not the same location that we've had before. But it's, it's a but different set, but I think it's implied that it's, it's supposed the same. to be the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's sitting on this piano, and then she begins Broadway Baby. Um, I don't know what musical it's from, but uh, then... At, it's a Sondheim number. Right. And so then Blaine arrives, because it turns out it's a duet. They're doing yeah, it together. Yeah, and Blaine... We see Madame Thibodeau yes. sitting at a at a table watching Rachel because it's there's like a, a scattering of tables around rather than like traditional seating. audience seating. Yeah. Um, and Madame Thibodeau is at a table behind um, by herself. Behind her, Blaine and Kurt are sitting. Blaine is in a full on tuxedo. Yes. Um, and just pops up to sing his verse, and um, Madame Thibodeau like looks back and seems unimpressed yes um so they they have a fun big finish that's really the the part of the song i enjoyed the most sure um where they do some kicks (laughs) together yes um yeah Uh, uh, part of it for me is that like these other songs from sondheim like for the most part i i at least know of the musical that they're in this one i'm just like mm -hmm. i have no clue and like it's just so rachel and blaine of like hamming it up and being like yeah very like you know sibling duo yes (laughs) yes very climbing the ladder to the top um and (laughs) (laughs) what if they what if that was the song they did what if they did bob to the top what if that had happened I mean, it effectively oh did because Madame. I mean, like the the bit where they sing Spanish would would have been even more racist. <laughs> it's like where's Santana? Um. So then, Madame Thibodeau <laughs> is at the very end of this is like, um, the assignment was to sing a number by yourself. You both decided to do a duet. Um. So I'm going to flunk here's, both here's of the you. Quote. Yeah. Here's the quote from her. You must feel you are above this class and all that governs it. <laughs> Which just seems very dramatic. Um, Everything she says in this episode is very oh, dramatic. Which it yeah. makes sense, I guess. She flunks them, but then reconsiders. Yes. Um, she She's like, that was good, I suppose. <laughs> so I'll give you a second chance. But you need to reschedule this week. Yes. Or you fail. Yep. Which Rachel... Um, <laughs> is a little off put because she's yeah. like, uh oh, uh oh. Well, my Rachel's schedule. and Blaine's reactions are good because yes. um, they're both like, <laughs> no <laughs> failure, no my grade. Um, but yeah, so then we cut to the aftermath here, where Rachel arrives to Madame Thibodeau's office to ask if she can make her uh her to reschedule after Funny Girl opens, which Carmen mm. is like. Nope. Um. Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> Carmen is like, so I've heard all the shit from your professors. You're underperforming. Yes. Uh, in everything. Yes. And uh, you're barely scraping by, and you want to come here and ask me to go out of my way. Yeah, for special <laughs> to, treatment. To accommodate you. Yeah. And Rachel's like, well, I came to this school because I, I thought it would be accommodating to being a star. And... Madame Thibodeau tells her, do you want your degree or do you want the spotlight? You have to decide. You don't have a foundation. You aren't ready to be a Broadway star. You don't take direction and you don't listen. And then Rachel uh, continues to not do any of those things. And she says, (laughs) I want to be a star. I'm going to quit. Yeah. She says that she says, you're wrong. I'm going to prove it to you. I quit. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Madame Thibodeau does try to caution her, like, think really hard before you. And then Rachel's like, I have thought. I'm quitting. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Oh, Rachel. I mean, this is a bad choice, right? I mean, Um, part of it is I'm not sure anymore. I feel like the bad choice mm -hmm. is working at the diner. Um, (laughs) No, I I agree. (laughs) like it because uh, her dads are bankrolling all of this yeah i th- also i mean how do you think hiram and Leroy are gonna react to rachel dropping out i mean i don't know the problem is obviously like she does have this big opportunity and mm-hmm. i feel like for rachel this is the most important thing she's ever done and will ever do in her life at this point in time that's what yeah. she thinks so like yep i mean i understand where she's coming from if niata's like you have to choose. And she's like, well, then I pick the one that I've always wanted. Um, Niata's just kind of a... I don't know a, why. Like, yeah. Rachel has a, 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 a plethora songbook at her disposal, right? Yeah. She's, she's been singing all of the songs for Funny Girl. I'm sure she's very well rehearsed in those. So why doesn't she do her midwinter critique right now during this... like office hours moment i mean the obvious answer is that carmen doesn't want her to because carmen is the obvious answer is that the that would be too easy and the plot wouldn't work anymore yeah i think there is a part of it Mm. that like carmen mentions during her speech about this that like there is an element of this that involves like like being part of the community and like mm-hmm. kind of like working with others and like except not doing a duet obviously but like <laughs> <laughs> but like no not that egregious offense but like i guess i think part of it is like carmen is just trying to like make a statement here um <laughs> yeah that rachel doesn't listen yes which is i mean it's accurate yeah for sure and rachel's like i've this school has put me through hell, especially Cassandra July. Which seems <laughs> yeah. like a bad bad way to like try to get what you yeah. want. Just slander a professor of the school? Jesus. <laughs> um And also like Okay, so Niata doesn't exist, IRL. Right. right? Thankfully. So <laughs> So I have to just like suspend my disbelief and be like, okay, so in this universe, like the community the like the Broadway community at large respect Niata. They must, right? Like yeah. that's why Kurt and Rachel wanted to go. Yeah, I think so, so. I mean I mean whatever. Rachel quit school. Yes. There you go. Yep. No, she quits um and we'll be talking more about that in a minute. But first, let's let's wrap up that dinner that we had. Um uh Shanice and Tesla are a kind of Telling Mercedes what they thought. They're on the porch, like the front steps of Mercedes' apartment. Yeah. 
And they're talking about how Sam's impressions were good. They're just like, oh, yeah, I mean. His Bill Cosby of, impression. His Bill Cosby was great. Well, he did all the Cosby's great. Um, and I mean, that hasn't aged well. No. Of course. No. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't see yes, Sam me do too. all the Cosby impressions. Um, because I don't think it's physically possible for him to do them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but the bigger thing here, they're kind of debriefing, and they're telling her that Sam is nice, but he's too white for her image as an artist. Yeah, Tes- Tesla's just like, let me lay it out for you. You're black, he's white, period. You're going to alienate the black women who will buy your album, and you're going to piss off the black men who might support you. Um... Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, That's... So part of it, one of the things here for me, one, once again, we have someone telling Mercedes what to do. This time I'm not as like, like it, it's not as egregious because it's not a man and specifically not a white man telling her what to do. Um, yeah. Part but of it. They, it's still people like dictating her choices yeah. based on what other people are going to think of her. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah. The, like, the thing that upsets me is like just the deep rooted misogyny that this is based on like this idea um, that like Mercedes dating choices have any bearing on her like artistic value. Um, Yeah. I, I think the, there's a, yeah, go for it. There's a point when Mercedes is like, Oh, can you name when she's talking to Sam later? She's like, can you name any, black female recording artists who are dating white men and i'm just like i don't know who people are dating like yeah <laughs> i listen to the music <laughs> well so. and i i think <clears throat> I, I part of it for me is i actually on first blush i was like this is a real hot water glee do you really want to go in here but like <laughs> there is a lot of complexity to especially like when we're talking about interracial totally. relationships like there's a lot of stuff there and I think it is important to, like, I guess at least, like, if you're going to go that way, like, mention that there are complexities, but I don't know. It just feels so weird to have white men telling the story. You know what I mean? Like, No, I, I really feel you with that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just don't think that who Mercedes dates has any bearing on how her songs will sell. I mean, I... I, I, I but also, like, I yeah. guess... Mercedes says it herself. She's like, white folk don't understand. Yeah. Um, which, which, yeah, may, maybe, maybe I'm out of my depth. Yeah. So uh, this, like, the conversation with Sam happens immediately after because she goes inside and she tells Sam, "I can't date you." Um, oh, he, he's crunching on some dry cereal. Of course. This entire conversation, by the way. Yes. Um, and so they get straight to the race question because Sam says it's because I'm white, isn't it? And Sam gets offended because he's so put upon as a white man. Um, Mm. Mercedes does also say that she thinks he should move out, which is a little more of a problem just because that was a big point last episode. Like, (laughs) yeah, uh, Mercedes does like break up with him. She's like, we can't date. It's making a statement for us to date. And I'm just like, not in a position to do that. And Sam, is uh, tries to convince her being like, well, in Glee Club, everyone loved each other. Didn't matter if you were gay, black, <sighs> or Tina. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, and- <laughs> Tina's not even in the show anymore, and the show shits on her so much. Mean. Like, man. Hmm. Which and yeah. Mercedes is like, we're not in Glee Club. This is the real world. Yeah. I think you should move out. 
Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, and then we get a, a shot of Sam's face. As like I said, he feels real put upon. Um. So then we move to a restaurant, a seemingly fancy restaurant. Um, it's Italian. Yes, Rachel. You, you heard the Italian <laughs> breadsticks music. This is the breadsticks branch in New York. Rachel arrives. Um. She apologizes for being late. Kurt is here waiting for her. Um. And then so. But he he opens the conversation saying, "I know what you did." <laughs> Which. Uh, but no. Okay. But then Rachel goes, "Oh my God!" Like. I can't do it because the way she says it is so good. Oh my god! <laughs> but the, she says it in kind of like like a Fanny Bryce affectation, which like yeah, it's just so good. Like that moment, I'm just like, oh my god, this is why I love Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, you already know. And Kurt says, well, the gossip at Niata is the most efficient part of the school. <laughs> of course, I know. Uh, which I love that. Yes. Uh, this does devolve into basically a shouting match yeah. in this restaurant uh pretty quickly um kurt is just like i don't think you're really making the best decision here i think you should not drop out of school and rachel's like well fanny changed everything yeah. i i've achieved my dreams and you just want to hold me back yes no she makes <laughs> because rachel whenever yeah. someone disagrees with rachel She's like, you're holding me back from being the true star that I am. How dare you? Yeah, like, Rachel always takes it to such a personal place because she's like, I feel hurt that you would side against me and, like join Carmen Thibodeau over your best friend and Kurt's like and Kurt is just like please be smart about this please yes and then Rachel accuses him of being too safe and staying at a school which is just too safe and college isn't for her and it might be for him because he doesn't ever take any risks but that's yeah, his because problem. he's afraid of being a real adult yes <laughs> that's what she, that's what she says and Kurt's like Screw you, Rachel. Yep, and she's <laughs> and then she's like, oh, she stops, storms out. Yep. Oh God. Oof. Yes. Hiding in a restaurant. Yes. When your roommates. Yep. So then, finding <laughs> at home. Whatever. That, yeah, that uh, is a so weird we idea. See... Why? Why didn't they do this at home? Why did they have to do it at a restaurant? I mean, it's a... maybe Rachel had rehearsal. Yeah, that would I, make sense. I don't know. Yeah. There's there's reasons it could happen. <laughs> yes. So. So we. Yeah. Well, the real reason why they're meeting at this restaurant is so that we can get this scene of Kurt walking home. Yes. Uh, he's walking home. He's wearing um, an, an all-black outfit with, like, a red, long red scarf that does seem sort of cape-esque. He's, sure. Um, yes. Sort of a vigilante. And he he intervenes on a, on, um, a, a f- physical altercation yes. that is happening in an alley where people are beating up someone who is crying for help yes and kurt runs up to them and tries to intervene and the person who was being beat up ends up running away they're able to get away but kurt um gets in some really bad fight choreography yep and uh is seemingly hurt by maybe a single punch well i don't know when i first watched it i'm pretty sure one of the dudes hits him in the back of a head with a brick like Whoa. I'm not entirely... Like, that's the thing. You're absolutely... It's in a dark alley. The The way this scene starts, even though, is like we're in the middle of this alley and like we can hear the person calling for help and we see Kurt walk by at the far end and then he runs down yeah. and all this happens. It's very dark. I'm not opposed to this, though, because like 
I don't want to see it. Yeah, like we don't need. Yeah, we don't need graphic violence. That's not what the show is. No. Um, but um, Kurt isn't the Punisher. Like the choreography, <laughs> no. the fight choreography doesn't need to be perfect. No, it just needs to like illustrate the point. Yes, which they um, leave him face down in the alley, and they drive off in their truck. Um, mm-hmm. which my only note, like again, this is not this show, but in reality. That I mean, I just don't believe it for reality's sake, but it's fine. Mm. I don't want it to reflect reality because reality is heinous and awful. Like, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Kurt gets. It, it does feel sort of like weird, like good old boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, why are these people in New York beating up somebody yes. in the middle of the city? Yeah, with um, their like like flatbed truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway. I mean, I. It, in the Glee universe, it's happening. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, we go to the loft where we see Sam and Blaine. Neither live here, by the way. No. Um, and <laughs> uh, Sam is talking about how, quote, it's really hard to be a straight white male these days. Yes. And Blaine says, maybe we should change the subject. <laughs> and he goes and fetches a kazoo. Um, from the shelf and he's like now that you're living here again whenever you can't sleep you can blow the fan fiction kazoo and I'll read you to sleep (laughs) (laughs) then he's like just wait Sam I read some really interesting stuff on a website today about how Ewoks are polygamous yes and that's which like what website wikipedia just say that because it's a fun word you should say it on the show um wikipedia does exist it's the star wars wikipedia nice uh and you didn't know that i mean it makes sense i don't know i don't look up a lot of stuff about star wars lore sorry i used to when i was reading a lot of kylo ren um Mm. uh, general hux fan fiction listen don't don't get into I, it. It's all like I weird fascism stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, a lot of Star Wars is weird fascism <laughs> stuff. So you're totally right. <sighs> okay, um, so this is where we get those half face shots yes. of Sam and Blaine. As Sam, he's he goes to get his iPad to seemingly sh- he says, "Sam, watch this." I guess he's gonna pull up a video about Ewok polygamy. <laughs> Uh, but instead he gets a phone call where they're like, oh, is this Mr. Blaine Anderson? And he says, yes. And that's, um, when we get those half face shots, it is very intense. Yes. Um, you know, we, we've already, we know what happened, what's happened to Kurt, right? So it's a little bit of dramatic irony to see these characters have this ridiculous conversation yes. and then have this dramatic turn to them finding out what's happened. Yeah. Um, which it then yeah. is like, yeah, the, I, I think... I mean, literally the quote that Sam has as we get into the scene is he's talking about how it was a horrible nightmare. It was like a horrible nightmare when mm-hmm. Mercedes broke up with him, which we were just watching this like graphic violence. <laughs> we just so. watched a horrible nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So then we get the like, so we see like a half shot of Sam's face and then half shot of Blaine's face. And then we cut to Mercedes in her apartment and she gets a call from Sam and her picture for sam is like him shirtless um but <laughs> love that yeah then we get like a half shot of her face and then we cut to Artie, who's at film school i guess um doing some editing yeah, work he's like editing or something yeah. but it's like in front of a like a space simulation yeah and I don't know. Um, and so he gets a call and then we see him talking mercedes from the back seeing half of his head which like all of these shots like do craft tension because like 
Yeah. It's kind of building. Totally. And then we get Rachel um, doing her Fanny Bryce. Well, she's at a rehearsal, I guess, and she's telling Sydney, the producer. Yeah, she's she's like, I know we can't change the lines, but Fanny wouldn't say this. I'm just going to say it how I oh think my God. it should be said. <laughs> this is why she needed to stay in Miata. But um, so then, <laughs> so then she gets a call and she goes and answers the like, I don't know. There's like a weird old timey phone yeah weird blinky red light thing to help increase the tension but so then we um we cut to the hospital where everyone is congregating out in the lobby um yep and and the a doc tells the gang that um kurt is fine kurt's gonna be all right Uh, he's he's gonna be okay except he lost his right he's got lost his left hand so (laughs) sorry that's an arrested development (laughs) that was a very stupid arrested development (laughs) reference um, yeah, the doctor isn't nearly as funny no. as the one in the rest of a development that can't say the right words. Blah, blah. No. Um, no. <laughs> instead, he's just filmed from the back. <laughs> we only get to see the crew as he's talking to them. Well, uh, Maggie, you can, and... you can see his beard, which implies that he okay. is a handsome doctor. Um, <laughs> whatever. whatever. Okay, well, if McDreamy's here. <laughs> but yeah, know. so. Um, and yeah. the other, they all seem very relieved that Kurt is going to be okay. Yep. Uh, there's a bit where like, so Blaine is front and center for this. Okay. And there's, as the doctor tells him that he's going to be fine, Blaine like looks up at the ceiling um, <laughs> for like a moment. <laughs> okay yep (laughs) okay this is like too much isn't it this is too much maybe it's too much uh, i'm tearing this apart too much i know this is a podcast about (laughs) dissecting every single moment (laughs) but maybe this is too much um blaine looks up at the ceiling like he's like thank god or something And, and i was just like oh i don't know yeah i don't know about that yeah Okay, so then, um, yeah. that's enough, I so guess. So then they go I in. Mean, Blaine is not a religious person. He never has been in the no. show, so... Yeah, he wasn't part whatever. of the Grilled Cheeses episode, so we have no idea. Um, <laughs> so then uh, we, we move into Kurt's room, and they have some talk about violence and things like that and then we and rachel just feels so responsible yes because it's about her obviously um and then we do see some shots of kurt's bruised face which i do think are effective um in yeah yeah i mean he still looks like kurt yes still a like handsome chris colfer so yeah well well yeah but so then um but but again again i don't want to see like uh, somebody who is like horribly right. messed up from something like this, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that it's not like extremely visceral and gross looking. Yeah, me too. What I'm really reminded of is, have you ever seen what is that movie? It's got Jack Nicholson in it and Helen Hunt. Uh, I don't know. Um, I had to watch it for the. I took this class called Psych and Film. Sure. Um, I'm going to look this up really quick. Um, and the movie is about Jack Nicholson as this like horrible old man who's really mean and he just happens to have OCD and is like really terrible to the people in his general vicinity, like his neighbor and the waitress that he like becomes obsessed with. And then guess what? <laughs> she fixes him. Oh, Yay. Mental illness doesn't great. exist. I was, when um, you said Jack Nicholson plays a terrible old man, I was like, 
In which movie? In, so like everyone, <laughs> every single movie that he's in. It's called As Good As It Gets. Okay. Um, there's a point where he like also feeds a dog like way too much bacon, which is honestly like animal abuse because hmm. that dog's going to die. Just like FYI. So you would recommend <sighs> Sorry, this movie um, I, is what I'm taking away no, from No, the, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because uh, Greg Kinnear is in it. And he, um, he's gay and it's a problem for Jack Nicholson's character who is also homophobic, of course. Um, but Greg Kinnear gets like bashed as a plot point. Hmm. Um, like people, like, uh, he's this gay artist who, um, like his apartment gets ransacked and he's stolen from and he gets like bashed, like really, really hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just like a really upsetting and like visceral um violence and yeah i don't think that's what glee did no absolutely <laughs> so that's yeah. something which yeah that's and that's part of it too because like they're talking about how like oh he's gonna be okay and it's just like i mean that's the thing that's not i don't want glee to go there because that's not what glee is about it's just i guess if you're trying to inform people that gay people get hurt by assholes then like you did it um Anyway, let, let's talk about this scene. Yep. So Blaine, so we, we get a, a musical number here where Blaine sings Not While I'm Around, which is from Sweeney Todd. Um, it is, and it's it's sung to someone who gets incinerated at the end yes. of the musical. Yes. So. <laughs> well, that was, my note is that the, the lines about nothing can harm you are weird when Kurt is literally lying in a hospital bed. Yeah, like, I just... You know what I think would have been really valuable for this what? little moment here is remembering that Blaine got like beaten up right. for being gay. Yes. Well, see, that's <laughs> my my thing. Bef- I mean, before he was on the show, I guess. Right. So Which who knows if that happened? See, that's that's my thing. Is I think that this has been part of Blaine's plan all along is to like, oh my god, <laughs> make Kurt feel like he has to like stand in and protect people, which. Maybe that's not a terrible thing, but it obviously led to Kurt getting hurt. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there is some there is a way to link this back to Blaine. Anyway, um, he also does it as his, like, makeup critique number for yeah, Niata. His, his midwinter critique, he's wearing a very moody turtleneck <laughs> for the number. Um, but Carmen Thibodeau seems pleased. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, so then... We move on to the next scene. Um, we're in a recording studio. Mercedes welcomes Sam to the studio, tells him about all the great artists who have recorded here. Um, mm-hmm. And then she apologizes for saying she can't date him because he's white. Um, hmm, because I guess Kurt getting hurt changed stuff? Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the other thing that I feel is like not great here is that she is the one who has to apologize for like thinking about these <laughs> things. Whereas like Sam is like, yeah, you were not right to do that. Like I was the one who was the victim here. And it's like, I just, hmm. I just am not a big fan, but yeah, I'm not the biggest fan either. I guess it makes like their relationship up to this point has been completely nonsensical. <laughs> yes. So this follows through yes. on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, Mercedes is just like, I want to sing about how I feel. I can't talk anymore. And she goes into uh, the little booth and sings Colorblind. Yes. And Sam... No, I know. Maggie, I'm aware. The the pianist walks by Mercedes, uh, well, walks by Sam as he goes into the booth. And Sam's like, call me white chocolate. And... The the pianist doesn't really acknowledge mm, it, which is good. I Um, mean, which is good. Like, it doesn't deserve acknowledgement. (laughs) No. Um, I thought you were going to bring up, um, she's pulling a Matt Morrison here because this is an Amber Riley original, which Mm. is not to say that it's bad. It's very good. She does a very good job. I think the song... The song is beautiful. Yeah. The lyrics are nice, um, but it's not great to perpetuate a colorblind narrative yeah. when we live um, in a society where systems have oppressed black and brown people Well, uh, and, categorically and for centuries. More importantly, <laughs> I don't think it's great to perpetuate this narrative when you're doing it from the black person's perspective. Um, <laughs> just... Yeah, again, yeah. again, I don't like. I think that it's actually kind of valid for Mercedes to like consider what it like. I mean, like you were like. I mean, I don't know, obviously. Like, but I think there yeah. is something to like interracial dating. There's you know tension on both sides, but honestly, yeah. I'm gonna side with the black person when they have issues because someone like yeah. like systematically, no. <laughs> systematically that hasn't yeah, happened. Power. So power but yeah (laughs) the systems of power but yeah so like it's just Uh, weird yeah yeah it's something that need that it it would feel weird if glee didn't (laughs) talk about it but it's Uh, weird (laughs) but it feels weird that glee talk is talking so much about it yes rather than like if they have any common interest right other than watching the facts of life together right like I don't know. Like, that's the, I guess that is part of it for me is if they had done any kind of legwork into actually giving me an indication that Sam and Mercedes are actually interested in being in a relationship with each other, I would care more. But I don't because all yeah. they're doing... It just seems like they want to be in a relationship together because they're both horny <laughs> and lonely. Which, like... <laughs> relationships have been founded on worse but like the show the show is using it as a platform to talk about interracial relationships which i don't (laughs) want like no um (sighs) i don't want it either mostly because like glee is just not equipped to deal with it i don't think so either i don't expect them to be so don't try um yeah so yeah the next scene that's not okay i think sam and mercedes make a cute couple okay I'll just say I, I think they would make a cuter couple if I believed it. Like, sorry. <laughs> if you saw the chemistry. Yes. Sam, do you need them to kiss in front of you at the Yes, that table? proves chemistry. Um, we get the best scene of the episode yes, next. obviously. Where we we get a very close-up shot of um, Michael Malley's face yep. as Bert, of course. Um, just so close. Uh, and he's just... Uh, and Kurt says... Hey, Dad, as Bert enters his hospital room. And Bert really gives Kurt what for. Well, he he yells at Kurt, which kind of in, in a way is sort of granted. Um, he's just like, how could you put yourself in this danger? Yes. I'm proud of you, but come on. Yes. Is what he says. Yeah. Um, that's a verbatim quote. And uh, 
Bert is sort of man, it, it, Michael Malley's performance is just so good. It is. It's so good. It's really good. Uh, where he's like, "Is it my fault for believing you'd be safer here? Like this isn't Kansas, right?" <laughs> and uh, Kurt's just like, "Well, you know what I had to do. I've been fighting these guys for a long time." And I'm your son. This is who you've raised. Yes. Which, like, it's very heartwarming. Um, my favorite little moment is when, uh, like, Bert brings up, he's like, your beautiful face is like, you know. Your beautiful face. Um, and then. <laughs> Look at your beautiful face. And then Kurt says, oh, I'm hoping, it's not too bad. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to get a scar. Is that weird? And then yeah. Bert, very short with Kurt on this one, is just like, yes, it's weird. Um, <laughs> yes, it's weird. Which It's weird. It's, Next time you try to fight these guys, only do it if I'm there. Okay. Which I, I just think it's funny because I feel like it's a fun little subversion of the like typical I don't know, macho. Oh, oh, it's not weird, Kurt. Yeah. It's not weird. Well, but like, like typically, like, you know, when macho dudes are like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get a scar. Like, yeah. But so, I, I don't know. It's Well, probably because Kurt wants to butch up his look <laughs> a little bit. So he's like, if I get a scar, I won't look like such an elven prince. <laughs> but. Well, you'll, you still will. <laughs> you'll just look like a scarred elven prince. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, it's a beautiful scene. Like, honestly, this is this this is why we're here, right? Like the Burt Kurt relationship is <laughs> the is one it. thing that's been like the best part of the show the whole time. So <laughs> it's true, mostly because of Michael Malley's performance. Yes. He's just been like such the perfect character. Like his turn from like you know closed off, yeah. masculine figure to like this open, loving father, yeah. and accepting of like. His, his his son's gayness. Yes. I don't know. No, I know. It's really, I, really nice. Yeah. I, I, I have to believe that this is like Ryan Murphy rewriting his own narrative or something. <laughs> <laughs> like just being like, this is what every gay father-son relationship should be. And, it, and I'm just like, yeah, you're right. This is the one thing Glee does. Yes. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so then we move to the next scene, which like... Okay, it starts off with yeah. Blaine being like, We're out- are you up for this? We're outside. <laughs> yes. Kurt's wearing sunglasses. Yes. Because I guess he's like hungover from all the morphine. And uh, he- I mean, <laughs> that, maybe. That is so weird that, that Blaine is like, are you up for this? Are you up for walking 10 feet <laughs> and putting these flowers in a vase? Which like, obviously lots of people have done this. So like, it's not like, and it's the middle of the day. So it's not like you're going to get attacked it's for it. It's the middle it. of the like- day. And Kurt seemingly had to walk there yeah like so it's not like a problem with his mobility yeah i just anyway mm. they go they, they walk to <laughs> russ's memorial and um kurt put some flowers there and this is when we get the mention from blaine we get we get like an 80 yard blaine <laughs> being like i heard he woke up i heard he's gonna be okay like did the- <laughs> yeah it's weird it's not i have to wonder if like the first version of this episode the unnamed dude was neighbor friend dead d- was dead yeah. and the fox executives were like that's too that's grim. too dark you need to change gay it. people don't die um gay people don't <laughs> die not in the glee universe yeah but um yeah so yeah. yeah he's gonna be okay even though we know nothing about him and <laughs> sure um so <laughs> okay <laughs> then we move back to the loft where rachel is having a chat with kurt um and 
he kind of throws the thing about like him not taking any risks back in her face and she's like yeah well yeah he starts off the conversation being like you still don't have to drop out you know (laughs) and rachel's like college isn't for me (laughs) yes i'm still right but also i'm sorry yes i shouldn't have said the things i said yeah and She's like, you are the most talented person I've ever known. You take more risks than anyone else and you do it for the right reasons. And I just want to tell you that I love you and that you're my best friend. Yes. And Kurt's like, oh, you're a big sap. <laughs> yeah, but he does. <laughs> I love you yeah, too. Yeah, he does tell her that he loves her too. Um, so They hug. Aww, yes. Reconciliation. Yes. And then everyone else arrives for the potluck because I guess it's Monday again. Um. It's the third Monday night dinner. Yes. Monday Monday night dinner three this time with kissing. <laughs> yes, because Sam um, Sadie's <laughs> announces that they are together, um, officially dating. Yes, and, or, or officially dating again, or something along those lines. And Blaine's like, "Were you ever dating before?" Yes, and uh, and Kurt's like, "Oh, yeah. you guys did have that thing, but like, I I mean, you just don't really have any chemistry, so that's why none of us saw it." And then. That's when Sam is like, well, how's this for chemistry? He, and he kind of puts Mercedes in a headlock. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> pushes his mouth against hers. Yes. And, yes. Uh, gives her a big smackeroony. And Rachel is just like, well, everyone is like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Kissing. Woos as the kiss happens. And then Rachel announces something. And, and yes. uh, Sam's like, Oh, well, is it that funny girl's opening? Because you've been tweeting nonstop, so I already know. <laughs> and and Rachel says, no, I'm announcing my support of Kurt. <laughs> uh, my, yes. My support of Kurt, uh, who is doing his midwinter critique, and I just want to let everyone know that I'm supporting him and that we should all support him. Yes. And... Yeah, I mean, she did have to frame it that way because she's Rachel B. Berry. Yes. You know, she can't do anything else. Uh, we go straight to the midwinter critique from dinner where Kurt sings, I'm still here. Yes. And Bert, Bert is here. Bert's still here. Yes. Yay. Yeah, Bert, Bert's uh, here. He's there. Oh, yeah. All like, the friends are there. She, yeah. There's a bit where, like, Bert is mouthing along yes. as Kurt's singing. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, too cute. It's amazing. Uh. Sam and Mercedes are both there. Sam is looking rather slovenly. Mm. Mm. At, at the Niata Midwinter Critique, you should probably wear a full tuxedo <laughs> like Blaine. Um, sure. Kurt's, Kurt's suit is cool. Yeah. Cool suit. Um, his pants are tight, as Kurt is wont to do. Aren't they also like pinstripe? Uh, the pants are like polka dotted. Sure. Um, yeah. it's like a pattern mixing kind of suit because the tie is like a different <laughs> pattern. Because that's a Kurt thing to do. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean it's. I mean it looks good. It does. He looks good, of course, and he he sounds good. He sounds yeah. fine. Um, I I have a note, Maggie. Am I sappy? Because yeah. I I kind of like the message of this. Like, no, it's. I I don't think it. You're sappy. I think it. That is. It is a nice mess. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, when the episode ends, it's like, yeah, Kurt is still here. <laughs> and it has been his crusade to, like, fuck with the bullies. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, good for him. Yeah. I guess. But then, like I said earlier, you kind of look back at the plot lines and it's like, so why are Sam and Mercedes dating? <laughs> Why? Yes. Yeah. What? Um, why did everything else happen? <laughs> I don't know. Wait. Why did Why did Rachel drop out of college? A scheduling conflict. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just Yeah. Um the episode is good though. No. I liked it. I liked that they introduced um two more black women and gave them names. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, I do. I, there I, is a part of me that like I can appreciate that they are kind of like addressing racism in a sense. It's not great because it's very uncomfortable, but like Yeah, it's not great because they're using a black woman right. as a mouthpiece like the white men writing writing and directing the show. Right. Um but hmm. I'm yeah. So anyway, Maggie, that's all of the content in the actual episode. So let's move it along to not while I'm podcast businessing. I'm going to throw you into a furnace. Well, I guess I'm going to watch you get thrown into a furnace. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a podcast baby. <laughs> hey, Mr. Producer. Do the business. Hey, hey, Mr. Producer. Me. You, sir. Podcast business. <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah no one is alone for the podcast business but, but it's a metaphor, metaphor. and, and metaphors, metaphors are important. important gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for, for me being, being a star. star the first thing we do of course is the gold star um maggie who this week gave, who who tickled your fancies who who made you feel warm and fuzzy inside and gave you the gold stars Listen, it's got it's gotta be bird yeah that's i mean yeah. <laughs> he, he's only in like the last like 10 minutes but but yeah i mean sorry he is he is literally the best character in the show because michael malley's such Special a good actor mention to carmen thibodeau for <laughs> oh railing into rachel berry when she deserves it <laughs> yeah no i appreciate that too um i'm actually gonna give my gold star to kurt mostly because yeah i i do railing into rachel once it like just to rehash that always good like people need to bring her <laughs> fucking back down to earth all the time but um i mean honestly like i can't not like, like I, I someone who's willing to like run in there to like save someone else like he fucking is kind of like a superhero like it's not smart bird's yeah. right it's not a smart thing to do but like he did you know get someone else out so yeah, what if that's what the show becomes? Like, Kurt just gets really fucking well, off. Kurt becomes just... Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Fuck. No, that'd be so good, though. Kurt gets bitten by a radioactive that'd spider. Be... We have to go through the whole that thing again. Oh, my Spider-Man. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so let's move on to the best number, Maggie. What, what were our options? So our options for best number are um, very loudly turning... <laughs> Note pages. That's the song title. Mm. Uh, okay. No one is alone. You make me feel like a natural woman. Broadway baby. Not while I'm around. Colorblind. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Yes. Wh- which of those do you think was the best performance of the episode, Maggie? Hmm. I mean, I think the best performance is probably uh, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Sure. Because um, it's like the most visually interesting to me. And Mercedes sounds amazing, of course. Um, but I think I'm going to choose Colorblind. Okay. And that I just liked that song the best. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Amber Riley and is such a good I, singer. I, like, oh. oh, she's amazing. I'm so glad she's here in New York. Thank yes. God. Um, 
It's not just Rachel belting out <laughs> numbers. Well, that's what's going to happen soon. Yep. Funny girl coming out, whatever. Uh, but I'm Still Here is really good, too. It does have some nice closing energy for the episode. Yeah, that that's the one I picked is I'm Still Here. Mostly just because um, the other Broadway numbers are meh. Uh I, I mean, I do like um, No One Is Alone. I do kind of like that, like, in the context of the memorial. Like, I do see what Glee is trying to do. Um, I don't. I just, yeah. I, I picked I'm Still Here, though, because I do really like, like you're saying, the closing energy, Bert mouthing the words, like, how could I not pick that? Like, <laughs> but yeah. That, that moment is just so sweet. Yes. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Jeez. But yes, so... Uh, let's move on to the last piece of the podcast business, Maggie. The slushy rating. It gets less and less appropriate every episode, but here we are. Um, yeah. How many slushies do you want to throw at this episode? I'm going to uh, throw one. Okay. Just one. Um, I think the, like I said, like I don't think it's you know heinous or offensive that they're depicting right. hate crimes and people getting beat up for being gay because that's that's a thing that happens yeah. um and like if if someone's gonna talk about it glee should i guess because there's gay people on the show yeah. famously um, the gay show <laughs> true uh but you know i'm just not a big fan of like <laughs> just the nameless character yeah. oh he he woke up yeah <laughs> don't worry yeah. nothing bad happened um, yeah um that's fair yeah I feel that. there's that and i've already enumerated the stuff about the sam sadie <laughs> yes like it's just ridiculous like the bit with the fur coat what the <laughs> fuck was that what the fuck was that um, yes <laughs> and in conclusion i i'm done i'm just tired fair enough I'm done. yeah I, i'm gonna give it two out of five slushies for very similar reasons i think um I think there is a lot. I, I I do. I can appreciate that Glee wanted to like. I don't know. Spread awareness that like big cities aren't havens for gay people. Like hate crimes happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that's necessarily a great thing. But at least they're trying to do something. I don't know. Um. But yeah. yeah and the the big the big problems for me are Sam Sadie's and R- Rachel fucking dropping out of school. <laughs> Because of a scheduling conflict. What? <laughs> what? Oh, uh, I love that. So, I mean, I do really love that we are seeing some of the consequences of her, like, just leaving for months at a time for no reason. Um, but, like... Mm-hmm. And, and like, hearing that she's actually doing a really bad yes, job at Niata. Yes. Um, so, yeah. But uh, overall, like, I mean, it's not a bad episode. It's just kind of weird and like some of the scenes are just like what the fuck is happening and by the end of it you still don't really know what's happening but like at least Kurt isn't dead I guess which woof that's a rough thing to say but yeah so that is this episode um as always if you would like to reach out to us let us know your thoughts um you can reach us on twitter at snmhakely or by email snmhakely at gmail.com we love hearing from you um even if you are criticizing us because you know what sometimes we need to get put in our place maggie um but i I mean i guess (laughs) it doesn't change anything i still say the same stupid shit every week yeah i'm i'm still gonna be 
I'm still going to be me. <laughs> Who else can I be than what I am? Um, if you have negative comments, you can. Here's what I suggest. You, you, <laughs> you whisper them into a bottle and you, <laughs> and you put that bottle in the recycling um, so that it can be sent to China and then sent back here. Uh, <laughs> and then eventually, um, when we're all digging through the piles and piles of trash that we have to um, forage through for resources after the apocalypse, I will find that bottle and I will open it and I will um, use that uh, bad energy uh, to fuel my war rage. <laughs> Maggie, it's really optimistic of you to think you're going to be alive that long. And I applaud <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no, um, I will be dead. I will be dead. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I am I'm weak. And um, as a, because I'm I'm vegan, the the like white supremacists who have like who will probably have all the guns or whatever will eat me <sighs> like ironically they'll be like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean yes but like man maggie it's too soon I, I mean i'm sorry that was like really real and yeah anyway <laughs> the end of the episode yes. and so anyway you can also reach us on instagram we have one we post pictures it's fun um we also have a patreon if you want to donate to that we push most of the donations to donating ourselves because you know, shittiness in the world. So we pushed most of that to the Trans Law Center. Um, and thank you to everyone who donates to us because we really appreciate it. And um, yeah. So uh, next week, we're going to be back with Season 5, Episode 16, Tested. Um, and it's not at a school anymore, Maggie. So there's only one thing that that can mean. Um, but we're going to get to that when we get there. <laughs> so. Oh, Sam. Sam, I've already watched oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's about. It's about. <laughs> Sorry, I can barely contain my giggling. Maggie, I already it's already sex life, right? Sex. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, we'll be back for that. Um, in the meantime, I'm gonna go play more Fire Emblem because I didn't realize that I loved games. Fire well, Emblem? yeah, you can essentially train people like Pokemon, like like you train them and like. Oh, Sam, uh, it's so great. Um, but I need to get back to my. You're really. You're really getting out the, that controlling energy somewhere, Maggie, and I think that's it's, good. It's, it's parenthood. I'm raising my children. Um, <laughs> You're raising your Fire Emblem children. Yes. So I need to get to that. So um, until next week when we talk about Season 5, Episode 16, Tested, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. <laughs>